Today we conclude the three-part series on payroll compliance and information I am sharing from a recent church finance cohort that I had the privilege of being a part of. I will finish the payroll sessions with a discussion on non-exempt employees, salaried employees, and the rules and regulations regarding them. Thanks. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Bookkeeping with a Purpose podcast. My name is Michelle Brown, and I'm an enrolled agent and church finance consultant, and I love all things Jesus, church finances, business, and books. In this podcast, we're going to discuss the ins and outs of church finances and minister taxes, along with how to serve the local church as either a staff member, volunteer, or through your own bookkeeping business, all while keeping Jesus at the center of everything you do. So grab your notebook and pen to take some notes because we're going to learn all kinds of stuff. So if this sounds like fun to you, then come on, let's get ready to learn. Hi, I'm Michelle, and this is the Bookkeeping with a Purpose podcast where we discuss the business side of the local church. This is episode number 41, and in today's episode, we're going to conclude our discussion on non-exempt church employees, or in other words, your everyday normal employee. (laughs) But first, here's our episode quote from Mr. Dwight L. Moody. He says, Where I was born and where and how I have lived is unimportant. It is what I have done with where I have been that should be of interest. And I thought that was just cool. Now grab your notebook and pen to take some notes, and let's go learn something cool. So, hey there. The fact that you are listening to these podcast episodes shows your desire to learn and do things right, and that's what it's all about. Once you do, you do better, and that's what matters. Regardless of how long you or I have been in the church finance arena, there's always something to learn, and there's not a soul alive that knows it all. So I continue to learn, and my goal is to help you to do the same. So continuing on with some highlights from the payroll session, um, we're going to discuss non-exempt employees today as well as salaried employees and how that applies to your church. Some of the following information is from the notes I took during the session and some of it is from additional research I did for this episode, so I hope you enjoy. So to remind us all of the ministerial exception teaching from last week, the ministerial exception is a legal document, excuse me, doctrine that exempts churches from certain employment laws. This exception is based upon the First Amendment's guarantee of religious freedom, and it recognizes that government intervention in ministerial employment decisions could be a violation of the right. Under the ministerial exception, certain laws such as anti-discrimination laws, the Family Medical Leave Act, and the Fair Labor Standards Act may not apply to ministers or other employees who perform religious functions. Okay, So now let's move on to this week's topic, non-exempt employees. That's, we're just going to cover everybody who does not meet the ministerial exception. Okay, So this data is from fact sheet number 17G which is the salary basis requirement and the part 541 exemptions under the FLSA. And this information can be found on the Department of Labor website if you want to go look. So the FLSA, which is the Federal Labor and Standards Act, requires that most employees in the United States be paid on an hourly basis with a minimum wage and that they be paid no less than 1.5 times their current hourly wage for all hours worked over 40 hours in a work week. That's what most of us are accustomed to, okay? You got to meet at least minimum wage, which I think is seven and a quarter. Um, and then anything over 40 hours, you get paid what we call time and a half, all right? So that's the bare minimum, all right? 
but for an individual to be on salary, there are guidelines that must be followed, and under certain conditions, there are other employees who don't meet the ministerial exception and who are an employee but do qualify for to be on salary, okay? So there are three areas here that we're going to touch on. They must be, number one, a bona fide executive, okay? So what does executive mean? Executive means that they have um, executive decision-making powers. They have the authority to hire or fire other employees. They normally have employees that work under them that they supervise. And their primary duties are managing in management, okay? So if you have um, a church employee who, like your... Um, your administrator, your, um, you know, you have some type of church administration position and they're not a minister, but they do hire and fire. They do have employees that they supervise. They do have executive decisions. They can make decisions for the church on their own. They have the power to do that. They don't have to go get permission from somebody else. They may be, they may qualify to be on salary. Okay. The second one is administrative employee. Um, these are, again, they have the decision-making ability. Um, and these are decisions making with respect to matters of significance for all three of these, okay? Now, like your, your child care worker, she can make a decision on what toys they play with or, you know, what Bible stories they're going to tell or what coloring sheets they're going to do. Those are not for these purposes, matters of significance, okay? So, in addition, the administrative, they are, they're not so much in the manual work that's directly related to the management or the business operations. They are the decision makers, okay? And then you have professionals. Professionals are um, those whose primary duty is they have to have advanced knowledge in order to do it, like a CPA, um, an attorney, uh, individuals like that. And their work is predominantly intellectual in character, and it includes uh, work requiring the consistent exercise of discretion and judgment. All right. So again, they need to have advanced knowledge in a field of science or learning, and the advanced knowledge must be customarily acquired by a prolonged course of specialized intellectual instruction, which means basically they need a formal college degree um, or have significant training, long-term ongoing training in a particular topic. Okay, so not only must they either be um, executive, administrative, or professional, their base salary must be at least $684 a week, okay? Which means that if you were going to pay them hourly, that it would be at least $17.10 for a 40-hour week, all right? And to meet the exception, as you notice, with all three of these, they've got to have that decision-making capacity, and they basically need to do to have that for at least 80% of the time to qualify. Again, 80% of their work must be in uh, decision-making. All right, so regular church employees, such as the church secretary, the finance administrator, the maintenance man, the cafeteria worker, whoever, these are all considered non-exempt employees and may not be on salary. 
So I really don't understand salary for non-exempt employees, except since they're, they're seriously, they're subject to all the federal employment laws, including minimum wage and overtime laws. They still have to track their hours and they still have to be paid any overtime worked. I know there are churches and businesses that do this. I don't understand why you do it considering you still have to do all the work that's involved with a regular non-salaried employee. Okay. So one of the traps that a church can get into with salaried non-exempt employees is not requiring time cards to be filled out, signed and turned in on a regular basis. This can be really costly guys and gals. All right. The fine can be up to $5,000 per week per employee for not having properly recorded time cards for those who do not meet the ministerial exception or who qualify for salary based upon those three previous criteria that I just gave you. All right. So don't do that. Um, yeah, it's kind of cool to think, okay, this person is on salary, but if they really don't qualify for it, it is not worth the trouble that you could get into. All right. And then another thing that I just want to mention before I finish this one out is that another no-no on the IRS's do not do list is having the same individual as a W-2 employee and a 1099 independent contractor in the same calendar year. This is what you get on called the number one on the IRS's hit list. They don't like it, so don't do it. Even though you should never do a W-2 and a 1099 earnings in the same year for the same individual, you can do different pay rates for the same employee for different jobs they do. Example, you got a church secretary earns 15 bucks an hour for the office work she performs on a weekly basis. The same lady also works in the nursery on Sunday mornings and is a paid child care worker at $7.50 per hour. This is perfectly fine to do this. You would just do, you know, a, a church uh, secretary earnings in the hourly rate and then have another line that says church uh, child care worker or whatever and then the hourly pay and the hours on there. That's perfectly fine. You include both earnings on the same W-2, no issues, bada bing, bada boom, you're done, all right? And I think that's where we'll end today. Um, basically, unless you have an employee that meets the ministerial exception that we discussed last week, and unless you have an employee that meets one of these criteria for the executive, the administrative or professional positions that again, the key here is 80% of their time is making management and decision-making capacity. Okay. They can be put on salary. Everybody else needs is a regular hourly employee who needs to fill out a time card, sign it, turn it in and pay them overtime at least one and a half times, whatever their regular hourly rate is for a, any hours worked over 40 in a week. Okay. And that is going to wrap up another episode and that will complete this payroll session. So thank you so much again for joining me today. I hope that it has been helpful to you and be sure to tune in next time. And until next time, my friend, let's all strive to make an impact and not just an income. Remember to always look your best, do your best and be your best. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. 
Thanks again for listening to today's episode. If you learned something new or inspired in any way, please do me a huge Omongo favor and leave me a fantastic five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help more people to find the show, and it just blesses me more than you know. And then if you could share this episode with someone who you think it would help, that would be awesome as well. So until next time, be blessed, my friend. Thank you.